Welcome to Louise's Health Kick podcast with Louise Mercia. Louise is a nutritional therapist, award-winning author of How Food Shapes Your Child, and a presenter on Early Years TV Food Channel. As well as all this, Louise is the force behind the Health Kick, promoting a healthy lifestyle without the contradictory and often misplaced advice in the world of nutrition. Hello and welcome to Louisa's Health Kick podcast. Today I am delighted to be joined from Sweden by Alison Blad. Alison is a registered nutritional therapist and a beauty therapist living in the wilds of Sweden after falling for the charms of a Viking man. I, I do want to embellish on that story, Alison, in a moment. Um, having worked in the health and wellness industry for over 30 years, specialising in menopausal women's health, Alison now runs her own online clinic, helping women all over the world to manage the negative symptoms of the menopause. And her mission is to support clients with bespoke changes to diet, health and lifestyle so that they can harness their hormones and get their confidence and sparkle back, which is a lovely way of looking at that some, that situation in, in, in a woman's life, to get the confidence and sparkle back. So I like that. So welcome, Alison. Thank you very much for joining us. And first of all, before we go into all of your business things, I'd like to hear about your living in the wilds of Sweden and falling for the charms of a Viking man, because you can't put something like that in there and then not talk about it. Oh, thank you, Louise. Yes, I know that that's a bit, you know, you want to ask, don't you, about that, but which I totally understand. Yeah, I mean, I am actually a British uh, and one uh, sunny afternoon when I was out in London with some girlfriends, this very charming uh, Viking man, man appeared. Uh, and, and the rest is history, really. Uh, you know, the, the charms of a Viking man is very hard to, to resist. So I commuted between uh, London and, and Stockholm for three years. And then we decided that, you know, you can't live like that. It's too much traveling. So that, then I moved to Sweden and, and I've been living here and it, it's a lovely country, really, really lovely. And uh, it's very nice living with a Viking man as well. <laughs> You've really sold the virtues of this Viking man. I have to admit, I don't think I've ever met one or, or you know, I'm not familiar with the charms of a Viking man. I wonder how many people are. An intriguing notion, um, which I'm sure we could talk about a lot more, but that's not why you're here, to, to big up your Viking husband. You're here, of course, to talk about your, your business and the wonderful way that you do. And I think in terms of the subject of female health and hormones, it's it's still almost a bit taboo in the UK. I don't know how it is in Sweden, but it's still not really where it should be in terms of openness to talk about things and certainly situations in the workplace are not how they should be with people feeling they can talk about how they feel and for worry of how it might be you know perceived or will they be seen as not being able to do their job and there's still a feeling that it's it's I don't feel it's quite where it should be um, for a very sort of important stage in a female's life and it's you know it's there is no female that doesn't go through it so and you know females make up a large percentage of the world so it's a really big subject that I feel in the UK is is not kind of represented as well as it should be although we are moving in the right direction so how do you tell us a bit about how you work with people and the work that you do on that with your worldwide sort of online client base yeah thank you Louise it's so true I totally agree with you it's you know is getting better, but menopause is still not really spoken about as much as it should be. Um, it's kind of just get on with it. 
you know, it's a phase that we all go through and, you know, we shouldn't really talk about it. So I think it's happening. I've seen, you know, there's certain celebrities, aren't there, and and wonderful um, doctors that are specialising in in menopause that are really getting the word out there. But there's still a a lot of work that needs needs to be done. Because I I think what we have to remember as well is that that menopause is, is a totally, it's not a disease. It's a totally natural process. Like you said, that every woman will go through and you know we we're living so much longer now than we did 100 200 years ago so you know when, when women get into post-menopause they can have at least 30 years of, of life left so it's so important to have life quality and really get the support that you need during this time so what what I do I, I work with my uh, clients on an on a individual basis uh, I work with a functional medicine model which is really like getting down to the root causes of, of the problem, really finding out what is going on in the body and then developing a natural um, Pacific program for that client that can really, really help them get through this difficult time period. Um, with nutrition, with lifestyle modifications as well. So really, you know, supporting the client, because I think a lot of the time it's it's easy just to tell someone what they should be doing, but actually them putting it into place and changing habits, that that really is the difficult thing. And so many women, when they're, they're going into this time of life, they are already very stressed. Uh, they maybe, you know, got a, a career, they've got children at home, they've maybe got aging parents. So their life is really stressful. And then comes along perimenopause and, you know, that can just just wipe them out it can all become too overwhelming and a lot of women when they go into perimenopause they don't actually realize that it's happening yeah I was I was going to ask you um about the stages and you've talked about postmenopause and you talk about perimenopause but for some people they may not realize that the stages and how long those stages can actually last and a woman as you say could be in a perimenopausal state and, and not know it at all um and not put the symptoms that they may be experiencing down to anything other than general fatigue or irritability whereas actually there may be biologically a bit more going on on that they you know are attributing to maybe them feeling a bit blur that's a, generally a good description for how people can feel often um but often there can be more going on than people think and they think oh I just I just normally feel like this tired rubbish achy a bit irritable but actually they could they could be perimenopausal easy for me to say and not know that they are do you find many people find themselves in that situation yes I, I do um, and it's a surprising the amount of women that don't really know what perimenopause is. And, and when you say to them when they're going through this and they're fatigued and stressed and anxious, you know, have you maybe thought that it's to do with perimenopause? They, they're quite like amazed that, that they haven't actually thought about that. So it's actually very common that, that women, I mean, perimenopause on, on average starts around the age of 45. It can start younger uh, or later it's very individual but you know it, it can be a total surprise they'd never have thought that some of their symptoms are related to the actual 
decline or fluctuation in hormones. Absolutely. It's very common. And there are lots of biological considerations in a, in a woman's life. And we all talk about pregnancy and fertility really open. And, we, you know, we're very open to the changes that happen in our body at that time. It's obviously a very visible change with pregnancy. And everyone is very sort of open and accommodating when we talk about pregnancy. And we can look back on pregnancies and talk about that openly a lot of the time. But it's a different kettle of fish when it comes to the menopause. And yet, the biological impact on the body, in in my opinion, and I've not been through it yet, but I know in terms of studying, it actually has a much bigger toll on the body than than even pregnancy can have. You know, in a in a, in a sort of good pregnancy, it doesn't place you know undue stress on the body, but menopause really does, and it's a really big biological change that happens in in the body that needs a lot of support and consideration it's not just something that we can brush off and think oh it's happening let's just get on with it um as many people will perhaps think they should because actually with pregnancy we appreciate the changes and we work with them and we make accommodations and we do different things to support our body um because we know that we should but with menopause i i found um when i worked with clients it was different it was almost like something almost to feel ashamed of and just I have to just battle through and get on with it which we would never do with pregnancy and it's another big biological change that happens in a female's body and yet for some reason it's it's not really I don't know for you with with how you feel with individuals that you meet because maybe they're a bit more open but certainly for women I guess across society listening they maybe just think I need to just get on with things it's it's I just find it very very sad that, you know, women are suffering. I see so many women that are really suffering and they don't need to, you know, just making small alterations in, in their nutrition and lifestyle and giving them support they need can make a huge, huge difference. And it's so true what, what you say, Louise, that, you know, why why is that? You know, why do we treat menopause so differently to any other stage in, in a woman's life? Because there is so many things going on in the body when we come into this stage with all the decline in, in hormones and imbalances and fluctuations that, you know, the, the estrogen decline affects virtually every system in the body because we have estrogen receptors all over the body. So there's real key areas that you, you need to be aware of when you go into perimenopause, you know, just looking after yourself that little bit extra i think one thing that women don't tend to realize that that with the estrogen connection is the the association with heart disease because they don't tend to women are generally quite low risk for heart disease until they reach the menopause and we lose all that protective benefit of estrogen around the heart and people don't realize that actually that increases a female's risk of heart disease and then you factor in other Lots of people have extra weight. Lots of people have lots of stress. And you factor in, lots of people don't move enough. You factor in other elements with that increased risk, especially if it's an unknown increased risk, a hidden risk that they don't associate as something they need to be making any changes for. Then it's it's slightly concerning that people are not aware that there's more than just feeling a bit, you know, a bit hormonal. And I think 
you know, I could look back at articles I've written on female hormones and how badly females used to be represented. Um, historically, this time or postnatal depression would be deemed as female hysteria. And so it's, it's little surprise that women sometimes feel at odds with their hormones because we've been depicted through history as being hysterical if we display them. So it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a difficult situation. But I think the biological changes are very important to be aware of, but also to just factor in lifestyle changes like like you were saying. So with something like the the drop in estrogen and the increase in cardiovascular risk, working with somebody like yourself in terms of heart healthy foods and you know lifestyle modifications, you would be able to advise nutritionally and, and lifestyle factors that would support that change that don't go against other elements that are happening in the body. So they would also support the hormone changes because better nutrition equals better mood and less sort of angst in the body. It's all about, you know, really giving yourself that extra little bit of care. And and like you were saying with heart health and I mean, bone health is is another huge uh, thing when we, when we go into perimenopause and also brain health. It's quite interesting. There's a, a lot of research coming out now, how, you know, when we look at, dementia and alzheimer's it's it's way more prevalent in in women when we get older uh there there isn't enough research to actually say that you know with the the effect of estrogen but you know they are looking at that to see you know why is that why why do women develop these uh issues later in life could it be to do with the the decline in lack of hormones so you know there's key and, and things like like you say bone heart gut health you know estrogen has an effect on the integrity of the gut so you know looking after the gut is is crucial um you know so there's there's many things that we really just need to take care of and and to give us that you know 30 40 years however however long you live to give the real quality of life as we move into post-menopause absolutely because I think it is something that can certainly with perimenopause you can be in perimenopause am I right for about 10 years before you actually hit full-on menopause so it can be a long stage in your life and then obviously however long you live hopefully a long time after the menopause it's a long point of your life to have these potential increased health risks and I think it's up to 20% of our bone density we can lose post-menopause which is a huge percentage of our our bone mass and that's even in people who have exercised and have eaten well it still has an effect because we can't control our hormone balance Um, we can influence the lifestyle factors so even if you've never exercised and you're hit, you're hitting menopause, and you start to be thinking, oh goodness, twenty percent bone loss, or you know, potential, you know, osteoporosis. It's never too late to do any form of movement and lifestyle change that can slow that down, you know, support the body. Um, everything that we we say are the biological changes are not set in stone. There's always something that can influence that, and there are. Am I right? There are some places in the world where women just sail through this stage of life and don't really have the symptoms that we see in the Western world. And so we know that lifestyle factors contribute and therefore they can be beneficial as well as negative. It's really interesting when they look at different uh, societies and different groups of people, how they are affected by menopause differently. And a lot of it is to do with lifestyle and, and nutrition and 
you know if you if you go into perimenopause in a in a good healthy state then you will you know your symptoms will be less you'll just get through it better than you will if you go into it in in a more of a unhealthy uh, state i mean in research is is shown you know if you if you're carrying extra weight and you know your diet is is based on more processed sugary foods that you know hot flushes and and some of the menopausal symptoms you will suffer from you know it will it will increase your risk of suffering from these symptoms a lot more so you know it's there is research to actually back up these these things as well which is really interesting Mm, absolutely and I think the other cycle that many women can find themselves in is the emotional burden of going through the menopause and the you know the, the excess weight that they may gain and and the sort of the disruption to their endocrine system and it can have an effect on their maybe their comfort eating lots of women are emotional eaters or stress eaters or comfort eaters and at a time where we should be avoiding those inflammatory foods those processed foods um, those foods that will exacerbate symptoms many women unfortunately turn to them more because it's a way of comforting the situation of easing the situation from their sort of perspective of oh this is miserable I'll just you know I'll, I'll comfort myself in the way I know how which for many people is is with food but when they're high sugar foods and as you say highly processed foods and really inflammatory foods they will make the symptoms much worse and so then that can create a cycle of, of deeper ill health and then the, the foods themselves are also not doing any any benefit to the physical symptoms like excess weight gain as well, which will put more pressure on. So it can become a vicious cycle as well for many, can't it? Yeah, it's kind of you, you get caught up in that cycle, don't you? And it's quite it can be quite tricky or difficult to, to get out of that cycle because, you know, like you say, you're, you've got all you're craving all these processed sugary foods you know, and that leads to escalate your symptoms and then you're feeling down and you're maybe not sleeping like you should be, which makes you feel terrible. And, you know, you're stressed. It, it, it just all builds up and becomes totally overwhelming. And that's really when you need someone like myself and yourself to say, you know, hold on a minute. Let, let's just calm down and, and let's just take one step at a time and, and sort this out. And that's a good point to bring in how you would do that with somebody. So somebody would come to you that in an example of maybe their mid fifties, carrying a bit of excess weight, really, you know, turbulent with their emotions and just feeling a bit overwhelmed. I think overwhelmed is a really good word to use because I think many people do feel overwhelmed in that situation. And we know with nutrition, there's so much contradictory information and advice out there. So people can understandably get very confused when they Google or try to find something out for themselves or maybe join a you know, one of those godforsaken slimming clubs or something, which, you know, would be destroying to their self-esteem and not actually help their physical symptoms. But somebody comes to you in that situation. So you can take a step back and help that person. So how would you go about doing that with that person? Yeah, the last thing that I want to do with, with somebody like that is give them more stress. So giving them a list of things to do would just be overwhelming for them it wouldn't just think they wouldn't do it so it's really taking small steps and, and doing just something very simple if somebody for example has never exercised just saying okay go out for a walk for five minutes every other day and for somebody okay that maybe doesn't sound very much but 
it may, it's all moving in the right direction. So really small steps, you know, consistent small steps lead to big results. So I really try to work with people and not overwhelm them because they're normally in a state of overwhelm anyway. You know, and just adding in things rather than totally changing their diet. You know, I'm very realistic that most people have busy lives and they can't all of a sudden just, you know, be cooking and, and changing everything. So really like swaps, learning how to, rather than having that for breakfast, you know, why not have something on slightly more on the healthy side? So, so making life as easy as possible for them uh, and giving them support, that, that I think is a, a cute, huge thing is being there for somebody. Uh, I talk to my clients every week and you know, ask them how it's going and, and really working on mindset and positive thinking and, and, and stress management, of course, that's, that's a huge, huge thing in, that you know, needs to be managed. Mm, absolutely I think if people try to do it themselves or perhaps look at something in isolation so perhaps with the menopause some women do put weight on so they might think right I'm going to tackle this I'm going to lose the weight and then they'll, they'll try and do that bit in isolation and we know we're both on the same page I'm sure with weight loss and you know if they go and try and do something it may be too extreme um, a lot of weight loss is kind of let's see how much you can lose as quickly as possible um, or let's see how drastic a change we can make or let's cut all of this out almost the entire food group or let's cut out all the things you enjoy and that is incredibly stressful so they may go down the road of thinking I'll try and do this one thing and I'll, I'll try and lose weight and that maybe will help because they may have been told if you lose weight your symptoms will ease etc and but then uh, I know in the UK that's almost as much advice as we would get on weight loss. Try and lose a bit of weight, and then that well, well, know how or well, why you know just try and lose a bit of weight, and, and then you kind of left to your own devices to go and uh, to go and do that. So they may go and try and do that, and they may you know try a, a drastic weight loss, which may further deplete their nutritional stores because you know food isn't just about calories and the amount of fat we have it's about so much more as you'll know and and any time of our life we have different nutritional needs and the menopause is no different to others we've talked about the hormonal changes the need for to support our bone density losing weight via just restricting calories is not going to support all other areas of health so I think what people need to remember when they try and do something themselves is actually somebody like you Alison would not look at one thing in isolation. You may be only telling them one thing at a time because you don't want to overwhelm them, but you're more than aware of their bigger picture and their jigsaw. And I think that's really important that when I used to work with clients, I would I would be the same as you and I wouldn't overwhelm them, but I'd be also aware of what was next in their jigsaw. And I think you'll be the same. You know what's next in their jigsaw. They don't need to know that particularly because they know someone's got their back and they can support them with that rather than trying to go at themselves and thinking, well, I'll deal with this one thing or I'll deal with this other one thing because we can only really deal with one thing when we've got so much else going on. So it's, I think it's it's kind of important to remember that actually the benefit of having somebody like you, yes, it may be an investment, but actually you'll you'll try anything in any other number of ways and it probably won't be as successful as having somebody who can look at you on the whole and do that jigsaw behind the scenes for you. Is that something you would kind of agree with in terms of your approach with with your clients? Yeah, totally, totally, Louise. I mean, that is exactly what you said. You know, the, I'm looking at the whole picture. 
but I don't give my clients loads and loads of information because it just becomes overwhelming. They just need key, okay, this week we're going to focus on this and this. And we'll get that down. We'll, we'll get you doing that till it feels okay. And then we'll move on and do, and do the next things that need doing. And tackling one issue at a time rather than just trying to, to, do, to do everything. Because it is, like you say, it's just the whole body works together. You can't just separate different systems. You really need to work on all, all those different systems. And, and like you say, with, with um, weight loss, you know, that that can be a big uh, issue during perimenopause and, and menopause because all of a sudden you can, you know, the pear shape that you had, all of a sudden you become more of an apple. It's all the tummy, isn't it? It's all abdominal. Mm. Uh, and it can be distressing, you know, even if you haven't changed what you're eating or your lifestyle and all of a sudden you feel that you're, you know, you're getting more belly fat and, and everything. So it's really looking at that and, and explaining to the client that, you know the reasons behind that it's not just because of what you eat there's, there's many other factors that play into um weight gain during, during menopause yeah i think you mentioned gut health earlier and that's one thing that people don't normally associate with abdominal fat but if you're in that situation where you're thinking mm, my tummy's a bit squishier than normal um and then to go and think well i'll, I'll go and i'll go and do some extreme exercise or i'll cut out this that or the other from my diet and try and get rid of it it probably won't work because there's something deeper at play within the body and it could be that your you know the gut diversity needs boosting because we know it takes a hit most people have a dreadful gut diversity anyway um particularly if their diet is rich in processed foods and and sugar and foods like that that aren't naturally supporting the balance so it could be actually you don't need to go and do a load of extreme exercise and you don't need to drastically change your diet to the point of you not enjoying your food and you restricting everything you may just need some probiotics some prebiotics to boost your vitamins and minerals in a different way it may be something that is a much less drastic change than people are thinking they need but we're not sort of trained to think that way in the media we're kind of trained to you know do drastic things and fall for this celebrity who's doing this amazing miracle cure. You know, this week it's this miracle, next week it's another miracle. And unfortunately, they they target them very well. So people will believe them. And, and we're still seeing it 40 years after the diet industry started that people are still falling for them. And it's still increasing global obesity by the day. So <laughs> we can we can we can know that, but lots of people unfortunately still would fall into that trap so certainly people don't need to be making those drastic changes no it could be just small things like you say just eating more probiotic prebiotic foods uh we all i think we're, we're in a society where we want quick results don't we as well and you know drastic things maybe that you know going to the gym for an hour every day or you know really suddenly eating a very restrictive diet I mean long term one it's not sustainable you, you won't carry on doing it because you, we don't I mean it's too much like hard work and two it won't give you the results that you want I mean you have to make lifestyle changes and realistic lifestyle changes that you can do forever yeah, absolutely. That's definitely my message. It's it's definitely it's everything. If you if you go to the gym um, for two hours a day, but you you have dreadful sleep and you're really stressed, 
you're not going to be the health or the weight that you want to be. Going to the gym will not achieve that for you. Um, it may reduce your stress, but if you're, you know, if your diet's terrible and you do an hour exercise a day, it's not going to undo the bad diet. We can't just do one extreme thing in the hope that it will undo everything else that we do with our body. And a lot of people, unfortunately, think that, and I used to be a personal trainer, I used to see that all the time. They would just think, oh, you know, just I need a really tough session because I'm going out for a curry later. And it's like, it doesn't really work like that, you know. But people have that mindset that there's this kind of, you know, that this punishment for, for, you know, for I'll endure this so that I can enjoy that. And actually, the body much prefers to just be in harmony. And I think you were saying earlier about, you know, there's so much misinformation. I always find it fascinating as a nutritional therapist how, you know, everything that I say is, you know, is evidence based. But it's, it's so fascinating how everybody has quite a strong opinion on nutrition. And whether, it, like you say, if it's something they've read that some celebrity is doing or, you know, something they've read in a paper or a magazine, really there isn't anything to back up that, but they'll still go and do it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why we spent years training because you just need to put an article out somewhere and, and you know, with some with some fad or something and that would it. We'd have a big following, but but we, we both know actually that the science, we wouldn't be able to do that because we'd know it wouldn't work. Um, but unfortunately, if you have a product or, you know, a brand, it's all about, you know, getting it out there for a profit, not necessarily in the, in the human interest. And so, you know, I think, Certainly, in terms of a more joined up and holistic approach, go to somebody like Alison, um, you know, or, or tune into the podcast to get more, you know, generic advice on a holistic health approach to your life. We will never have anything faddy or extreme here on this podcast. Um, but in terms of um, how people get in touch with you and work with you, um, could you just tell people how they would be able to do that? Because I know you're in Sweden, but you cover worldwide, don't you? Yes, I do. I have uh, a lot of clients in in the UK and and uh, around Europe. Uh, the best place to, to get in touch with me is is via my website, which is www.alisonblard.com, uh, and I'm active on most social media channels. My um, Instagram is alisonblard at alisonblard, and I have a, a community on Twitter which is called the Pink Tea Room. Um, but you can get all links to my social media on, on my website. And there's lots of nice free downloads and meal plans and everything there. Okay, lovely. Well, we'll make sure that we put the links up as well when the episode goes live um, so that everyone can access that because um, they may not be able to spell your surname, but we'll make sure that they have the links up there. I know I have a similar surname, which is difficult for anybody to spell. So I always have to make sure that the links are visible for people not leave them to their own devices trying to spell it um is there anything that you would like to kind of finish on in terms of this one thing that you would like people to just when they hear the word menopause I think some people kind of can feel a bit almost offended that you're you know saying to them that that might be happening to them like no I'm not old enough how dare you there can almost be that sort of how would you like the word to what connotation would you like people to associate the word with rather than having these negative associations with it I would say that you know menopause is if you think how amazing women are in midlife the knowledge the skills we've got you know you should embrace this time in your life with joy remembering it as I said that it's totally natural everyone will go through it it shouldn't be negative. It should be a positive, wonderful experience. And it also gives gives you a lot of freedom. 
you know, women, I think it's fantastic when you read and, and hear about women and some of my clients have done this, that all of a sudden they'll just go and do something like crazy that they've always wanted to do, but they've never felt that they have the time or, or, or whatever. So just, just live your life to the full and enjoy it and don't let your hormones, you know, get the better of you, get the help and the support you need. Mm-hmm. So certainly go to Alison too. I'm going to quote you, get your hormones and sparkle back. Get your hormones in check and get your sparkle back, I think is what you would say, isn't it? Yeah, I I like the sparkle. We should all have a bit of sparkle, shouldn't we? Definitely have a bit of sparkle. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Alison. It's certainly a subject that we could talk about for a lot longer, but we have to remember that people don't potentially have very long attention spans, so we have to try and keep things short. Um, So thank you for joining us. It's been wonderful having you with us, and we look forward to putting out your link so people can find out more about you. Oh, thank you, Louise. It's been lovely talking to you. You've been listening to Louise's Health Kick podcast with Louise Masia, discussing all things health and nutrition to show you that food and health are intrinsically linked and teaching you how amazing you can feel. Find out more at www.thehealthkick.co.uk or read her book, How Food Shapes Your Child, or get in touch on social media. This is a 1386 audio production. 